It's the Stranger Nerds here with Season 3, Chapter 2, The Mall Rats. So we have myself, Connor Vandermark, Nick Izzo, Tommy Grant. And this was a fun episode. I There's a lot of good twists and turns in this. And I'm roughly... Because I haven't seen Nick in two episodes now. So we guess to catch you up to do when it comes to that. Yeah. And... I guess so. I am intrigued by how you're seeing things and how things are going, because it has been a bit since I missed the season finale and the season premiere. So I missed the season finale episode. Yep. So I oh, definitely want to definitely see how you're thinking of things. I, uh, I know one of the big highlight questions Nick had at the season finale was, uh, "Does Billy and Mrs. Wheeler fuck in the next episode?" <laughs> I think what matters is the way that I asked that. I didn't really ask it in that way, like in a disgusting way, like, ah, oh, I repulse against this, you know, but the, the I, was thing just, is like, I was just curious because I was like, hmm, like, but, it definitely, I, mean, I, I kind of got my answer. It definitely gave off like the, uh, it gave off like the, the uh, Stacy's mom kind of vibe. Yes. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know, that is a song, I think, by Bowling for Soup. Remember correctly about that? That um, sounds right to me. I'd be surprised if people don't. But again, well, I'm saying like you don't know who's listening to the podcast. It could be someone who is more a Gen Zer who never even came across that song because that was popular in our time. Yeah, and you have to remember, Nick. Like, we're, we're slowly getting to the point where we're considered old. And <laughs> I almost have to say, so. Uh, so you missed the comment last time, Izzo. Uh, and I honestly have to agree with Mitchell on this as this season started to play out where we would talk about the main, the, the new characters, the new cast that we have here. And the mall as a character, I think was a very nice way to put, like as a new character, it was a very nice way to put it, uh, how Mitchell did, because we're seeing a lot of different things revolve around it. It is a very important setting. And the, the reason why I bring it up now is the... It's kind of funny because we're seeing, because like, us in our, you know, how we are, you know, for reference, I'm, we're all 29, Nick, you're 28, right? Eight. No, yeah. nine, nine now. Just you're 29 now. Just turned 29. Yeah. So we're all 29 at the moment. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> me, me, Tommy turned 30 in what, not even, maybe two months, not even. Yeah. Um, First week so, of March, baby. Yeah. It's coming up. And, the I think it's very interesting because I, I had this thought watching the episode today where this is very interesting, especially being after like post COVID, where not many kids and like I'm gonna say post COVID, like that and plus the internet era where kids don't go to the mall as much. And no. I think it was and when was the season released? Now I'm thinking about it. What was uh, it? Good question. I want to say maybe 2016, because it wasn't as prevalent. Uh, Stand by. I want to recap. Release 2019. So literally right before COVID. Oh yeah, that's right. Because there's a big there's a big time gap between season three and four. Okay. So. And I think 
the fact that I think that that this season might be a very interesting time capsule for generations to come to see like you no know, because my parents they grew they you know they grew up them all like you no know, since they lived in the era you no know, my parents were what twenty something ish when like in the eighties so the uh. The fact that we're having this, like, oh, the introduction of them all, how much a big hit, like the effect on the you know, middle America, almost like Main Street America, I guess you can say, and the ripples effect from there, and the kind of whole, you no, know, it's it's becoming a very like side plot kind of situation going on here, and then well, there there's us where the mall is now dying out because online shopping and you no know, the 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 need for a mall isn't as big. And now you're having situations where you no know, malls are starting to shut down. Well, we, we also grew up in the age where going to a mall by yourself wasn't safe anymore because of the whole, you know, stranger danger, kids getting abducted all the time. Like we didn't really have that thing where we could just ride our bikes to a mall. Like we had to be driven there. We were usually supervised at the mall and now we're in the, information age where online shopping is the big thing and yeah all malls are pretty much being closed down i mean obviously being from jersey we're basically at the mall state of the country and going around every now and then like i just see so many stores closed down and it's just kind of a vacant ghost town honestly i didn't really have that interaction with like i'm 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 not, I'm not sure with youtube but like were you guys like mall kids when you're growing up or no I mean, uh, I only went when my parents had to go shopping. I tried not to go to the mall ever. So, so I guess I'm... for like two hours. With, with, <laughs> the, ca- with the caveat that, that once I was able to drive, then I did because we would usually go to the malls with the movie theaters at it, and we would just hang out there until we had to go to see the movie. Yeah. But other than that, no, I didn't really go to the mall as much. So for me, I guess I have a little different experience because the fact that, so my summer sport was sailing and, you know, with our yacht club being in Perth Amboy, uh, a lot of the people who I sailed with were from different localities. You know, some are more North Jersey, some are more further out uh, West. So for us, Menlo Mall in Woodbridge was a great meeting spot for everyone because it was still a kind of equidistant to everyone so there was multiple times where like no like hey it was like no during the off season everybody's wanting to hang out it's like okay let's let's go to all the menlo and like i have like a few memories of like us all hanging out as a group like kind of like as the kids like it wasn't as packed it is no there uh but like i had the memory like oh we're going all going to see a movie this day and then no walk around the mall for three hours and it was just like no, even more than that, it was like pretty much my parents dropped me and my sister off at like what noon, and they didn't pick us up till like seven p.m. eight p.m. Like it was an it was an all day affair, and that's something that I I, I was kind of curious with you guys was like you know how much you had that because I had experiences like these kids were like oh we're going to go to Carvel or uh, what's the the, the well, it, it could be one. because you had a sister who probably wanted to go shopping. It was I more didn't. so. I didn't have. So <laughs> we had yeah, no, no reason to go shopping. The longest I was ever been in a mall was probably two hours. 
but for us though, it was more so like it was a meeting point for all our friends because yeah. there was a group it was a group of like what 10 of us about all no give or take plus or minus three years age difference of us the, the group and it was just all us hanging out so it was to, it was more so not my sister my sister would go to the hall herself but like for me my my incentive was to hang out with my friends no fuck around go see what's around in no the stores or go to GameStop or no fuck around Spencer's. So like <laughs> it, to what, to us, it was more like a, it's an, it's an excuse just to be together. And no, it wasn't more like a novelty thing as like, is it, it definitely is you see in this season. So, but yeah, that was definitely, um, I'm liking how the mall is becoming a more of like a fixture here. And I'm very curious how the Duffer brothers are going to, kind of have it weed its way in its plot and no like the title of this episode is the mall rats and that was something very much uh, a terminology like no growing up like for me it was for hockey the rink rats like that's mm-hmm. you know kids just hang at the rink just doing whatever they want to do like they're just scurrying around but like of course this episode is a the name of this episode is a double entendre because of the fact that the rats themselves are a huge plot point going on so oh, yeah. Um, any other comments you want to get in before we start? No, I say we dive right in. Cool. Good. All right. So, um, touching on my last... So, before we start, I want to get Nick's interpretation before we was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you think Billy died in episode one? No. So, you... Because you, 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 you went with the... You went with the walking dead idea i didn't see him die he's not dead bingo hey. this is Nemo. you got it and i don't, I, don't... I i will i will forever have that have that notion now because if if a character doesn't talk about it in a later episode then it just theoretically it never happens so like it, it for me it's got to be confirmed and then, okay, I, you know, right I, away, you know, right away in this, I was like, oh, once again. You I'm called it, man. Like, because yeah, yeah. I thought I, you talked to I, Tommy be my witness. I was like, oh, Billy's dead. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, uh, I guess we could touch on it a little bit. So I, I did make a prediction of the monster being a con- conglomerate of corpses and rat bodies. Like it's just like a blood and gore mess, and I I was thinking that Billy wouldn't be dead in the sense that he is like I thought he was not going to be him like himself, as in I thought he was going to be like he was going to be part of this like big lump monster. I thought I thought he was going to be infused like in the body of the monster, and then like I was I was crossing fingers hoping that this monster would actually talk through Billy. Like it because we, we yeah. are, the monsters we have not we haven't seen the end of this story yet, Connor. I understand that, but like I was I was kind of hoping the monster would actually use like be Billy be part of the monster and the Billy would actually be a like a speaking piece of the monster. And I was like, ooh, that would be that would be fun. Like I was kind of hoping for that kind of thing. So like not dead in the sense of dead dead. Like I think it would be dead dead, but like the monster would kind of like infuse into him. Yeah. Um so opening scene. Oh, so so Billy's running out of the steelworks building, which I was like, okay, he's alive. 
And then he goes, drives through a phone booth, call for help. And it gets a light flickering. And then he's, uh, hmm. I didn't, I'm looking at this, reading the show notes through. I didn't see the tentacle attaching to his mouth during that scene. It was a very quick, when it was like constantly flashing from when he was attacked, Mm -hmm. you do see a couple images where it's, you know, the same where it happened to Will, where it was like on his mouth. Yeah. It was like pulsating on his mouth. I'd not catch that through that scene. It's a very, very quick shot. Because he's now on the upside down, which that's what was kind of confusing me. I just kind of of pop right there. And and he found kind of a herd of people approaching him in the mist and shadows. And then he sees a uninjured version of himself. So this is something that we have not seen before of... I don't want to say doppelgangers. It's something that kind of went through my mind, like, oh, maybe that. But like some version of reflection of him. But like we're definitely seeing, you know, as we've learned later on, kind of a possession. And you know, later on we see that he looks very sick. He's significantly worse than Will, as in his demeanor, it seems like. You know, he looks he's affected by the light, uh, very daisy. And then Karen goes to apologize to him about standing him up the night before. And that scene, the the fake out of him like killing Karen, that mm-hmm. got me. I was like, whoa, did not that, see that coming. That was that a, a trick. Like, I think everybody got fooled by that the first time. I know I did because I was like, holy shit. A little bit of my, my, my own show notes, like, like, what the fuck moment with Billy? <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, holy. And the fact that like, you know, he kind of t- tells her off. It's like, Hey, leave me alone. No, I think she, I think he called her by her first name, Karen. It's like, leave me alone, Karen. And just kind of like dipped and went, went to the, uh, went to his stand where you can see that kind of infected cut too, which is kind of gnarly. And, He's definitely seeming to fight it harder than Will, or he looks more impacted than Will did. Will was kind of like, kind of just going through the motions, you know, kind of being himself, but not really. This looks like actually more like a sickness to, at least to my eye at this. So it's kind of looking at Will's possession from a different angle, because whenever Will, like what I used to comment on in last season, when Will would speak and you weren't sure if it was him speaking or the monster speaking. I feel like that's kind of what they're showing in this by the fact that Billy in his head can see versions of the monster that are forming as himself. So it's, he can almost communicate and we see a little bit more of how he communicates with the monster. Mm-hmm. Whereas Will, we just knew it was in his head. We didn't see how or how anything really happened. But I, mean, you made the point in this show note, but like, because six months has passed since the initial uh, the mind flare showing up, and we looks like, it, and from what we've seen, there is a scene in the shower where the we get a quick glimpse, and he sees the mind flare. Like mm-hmm. I, I it was, it was a not even a second; it was like a half second thing. I had like pause and like, was that it? And it definitely was. So. Yep. It looks like the mind flare is still pulling the strings, at least to my vantage point here. And it could be a new variant. You know, viruses do change over time once they have been affected. 
know, as we know, there's no gate open at the moment. Maybe Russia has something to do with this. We haven't really touched on that yet. But we don't know if 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 the we know we know the mind flare is a intelligent creature. We don't know if it changed its own tactics. So I, I will give a slight hint because I posed the no. question last season about this. I won't say anything uh, more. Okay. But what's the question you posed? Well, I don't know if I should even say it, but I, it was something that I mentioned last season because if I say it, it'll probably give it away. Yeah, but don't posed, don't don't, don't yeah. say it. I don't I, I don't want to ruin, my, ruin this. Nick in the uh, finale that completely contradicts what you started with. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, oh, say, I say no because <laughs> I, I don't I don't want hints here I, I like to I like to discover this as I go along and as I talk with yeah you I, I won't give any like actual hint hint but what this monster is we've seen a touch of it and when we get the reveal you'll be like oh shit how did I not catch that well we'll find out yeah um, so the other thing too that we're seeing is we because again we don't know how the monster communicated with will which i think it's a very good point yep on the same time though i definitely do think that billy does look much more sickly i think i do think this is a separate thing because no the way that was transmitted to billy was looks to be much different than what it was transmitted to will Yes, and I think there's two factors that go into this, and it's one, the strength of this this new monster, because with the gate being closed, it should have no connection to the Upside Down, so we don't know how strong this creature even is, and also the strength of Billy versus Will. Billy, we know, is a fighter. Will is by no means a fighter, so I think... Billy is fighting the possession so hard that it's starting to really impact his physical health. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather just go right into it and just talk about the final scene coming up. I just okay. want to, might as well. Yeah. Because this, this is all Billy plot here. Yes. Uh, Pretty much. So Billy has the vision of one to of himself saying, was it, was it himself or was it a, uh... oh yeah. So yeah, right. So, Billy visions for himself saying, Bill, you see. And he was like confused because this is when Tim, it looked, to me, it looked like, like a flashback to him talking to the monster earlier. Mm-hmm. And like Billy was like, What do you mean, Bill, you see? Like, I don't get, I don't get what you're trying to throw down here. Yeah. And then we get the next vision of Heather, the other lifeguard, saying, Take me to him. And then she, and then he kind of like snaps out of it away. Like, you see Heather actually saying, are you okay? Do you need to call nine one one? Get an ambulance. Yep. And then he just attacks her. And then we get to the final scene where I was like, "You see Billy come out of the car." I'm like, "Huh? I don't see." I thought I, I thought like Billy would try to coax Heather like into the uh no <laughs> trying to be like a like a naughty kid you no know, like a um. Like one of those, one of the bad boys like on the edge. Naughty kid. Naughty kid. I couldn't think the right name. I couldn't think the right word. Of it. <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty. Uh, oh my god. But like trying to be like one of those like, oh, I'm edgy and we're gonna go hook up in this steel mill. I thought how I thought how he was gonna play it out. But when he walks around and opens the trunk, I'm like, oh. you gotta be kidding me. 
Nah. But but again, like he had the attack scene, so I don't, I don't know why that went to my head because I, I guess it was a deep decent amount from there. Yeah, because um, we did see the scene that he did attack her. But my in my mind, that did was still in my head. I was like, is she in the passenger seat? But once he opened the trunk, I was like, oh no. And then we get the. So he's down in the basement with the steel mill with her. Mm-hmm. Places the ground. Aggressively holds her down. It's like, don't be afraid, and pulls off the, pulls off the, um, the tape, the duct tape. And it's like, we'll all be over soon. Just stay very still. And then we see the shift to the giant goo. So I call mm-hmm. it the goop to my girlfriend. Well, she was like, because my girlfriend's already seen this before, and I just call it yeah the giant goop. Just the goop of flesh and blood of rats. And I, I call it the evil flubber. Evil flubber. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Not wrong. Yeah, and so the camera shifts to the arm of the goop. And then, yeah, we get a nice scream from Heather. So. so now I'll ask, what do you and Nick think happened to Heather? So my thought right now, after seeing the effect of Billy... I think the monsters are going to start growing his army. That's so are you saying sound. that? So are you saying you think that the monster basically created a new weapon with Heather, and Heather's kind of like how Billy is now, or yes, or, or the monster consumed Heather? No, I I think that I think the monster is the goop, but Heather is going to be the next. It's going to be the next Billy, and their goal okay. is to their goal is to create more people. To kind of infiltrate the town and take it over. Interesting. I'm seeing a lot of head nods from Nick over here. Yeah, uh, like a thousand percent. Like with you on that. I think the I think the build what you see. Billy sees a whole bunch of people. So mm, the monsters good call. build. So the monsters building people. And I think you. That's this a good catch. Ready. This is this is this is also how I think of this show is. Uh, this monster, to me, it, it kind of reminds, in, in the progression of this, honestly, it reminds me of uh, of Pokemon. And the reason I say that is, <laughs> Gotta because, catch them all. is because its moves <laughs> and abilities keep evolving. So like you just said, Connor, the monster itself is the, you know, whatever the goop inside of the, you know. Ask catch yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever we're gonna call this thing. Uh, so that's that's the monster, but one of its abilities is you know possession, and I think that's what's gonna happen here. Ooh, you know so, what? It's it's Grimer or Muck. Uh, definitely Muck. Muck is the M- bigger Muck's one. Muck only has arms, right? Definitely, yes. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Muck's, yeah they, Muck's got arms. I think that's Grimer why I thought of it because I was they, like, they, wow, this thing looks like. I was like, this thing looks like Muck. No, they yeah. they both have they both have arms. Um, well, either way, that 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 Pokemon evolutionary arc is what I think of. That's that's so, exactly what made me think of it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh wow, that's that's Muck." Like Muck's about to just possess you know the shit out of her. I guess the other thing too is like you were talking about tropes. I won't say tropes, but like motifs. Last episode, Tommy, of like, oh, how the first season was. You know, more ET paranormal kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Then second season was more exorcist kind of like with the possession. Like this one doesn't. Like this one doesn't feel more possession to me like Will was. 
Like this is starting to get in the vibe of more zombie esque, and okay. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious because no, what comes a lot of zombie movies malls let, are let in, malls come, are a big thing. The close of this season, I want you to come back to me with that because I have a very perfect movie analogy. But if I say what it is, it'll completely give it away. So I okay. can't I can't say it, but we'll definitely but, touch back on that. I think I know. I think I know what you're talking about because I I've also seen a very similar movie. I, I'm like trying so hard to remember what the right. name is. I'm covering my face. Just just give a no 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 no. Just 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 text. I'll, I'll talk to you. Yeah, I'll talk. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. About yeah, it. don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll spoil anything else or anyone else. But like yeah. this, Nick, this I expect was... text yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not not right this second because I want to see if I can like think of it. Okay, yeah, but the. Uh... I'm definitely getting like zombie-esque vibes right now. Because uh, okay. like malls are very much a very classic place where zombie movies and games like to use as a hub or a large location for like a zombie mm-hmm. fight. Because it's fun. Like, no. Things just throw around and like, yep. no. It adds to the excitement. So, um, anything else with the Billy line? No, I think that kind of covers it. It was a very brief amount of scenes we get Billy in this episode, but they are definitely crucial to the overall arc of the season. Yes. So let's go over I, with. I got. Oh. I actually have one more thing to add. Sure. I don't know if this is a lot of foreshadowing here, but I just want to say that whoever and whatever the main monster and purse thing that's pulling the strings here is the laziest son of a bitch ever in terms of villains because every, they're just deploying everything that that they can in terms of monsters besides itself. So, like, I don't even think this is, like... You mean, like, a general? Uh, yeah, I don't even think this is, like, the last of it. Like, this like this goo thing. I'm like, ah, like, something's behind this thing now. Like that's just just like how my mind is going is like as this is happening because I'm like this they're like there's there's no way that this thing is now behind it so I'm just like kind of waiting to hey. see like hmm who's really behind this hey the the best villains have the best the most minions so they just yeah they just deploy the henchmen and then you're like All exactly right, come on like when are you gonna fight but thing is like no. The villain, the the smart villains aren't the ones who tend to get their hands dirty. They they make other people do their work. But if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. Well, Spoken like a speaking, true villain, there, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, in the monster's mind, Billy could be doing Billy could be doing a damn good job because he really he, is, he is he is a vessel for this thing right now. That's what he is. He is a vessel. Now also thank you, Nick. Out the mission. If if this monster is in any way connected to the monsters we've seen previously, mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. been ta- is been taken down by Levin twice. Yes. Why would it just Correct. reveal itself again just to be defeated by Eleven? Uh, it's trying to be more strategic. Build up, evolution, wait yeah, time. It's getting smarter. The longer. See right. See now. Now I think <laughs> of this as. Uh, we you've obviously seen Fantastic Four, right? Yes. Okay, so I I think of this as Doctor Doom, when he stays in the the fan like the oh man, what's it called like the the Phantom 
quantum zone, like whatever it is. When the longer he stays in there, the more powerful he gets. That's what I feel like the monster is. The longer he stays in there, the more powerful he is. So, Tommy, you just made a interesting point, I guess you can say, and I'm gonna. Theory. I want to tie this back into D and D because D and D is definitely an overarching thing. In yes, this. please do. We need more D and D threads in this show. Uh, so a, a very big trope when it comes to multiple D and D games uh, is the fact that you have what we call the the BBEG or the big bad evil guy. So the big trope with the big bad evil guy is that. They never, they're never actually dead. They always keep coming back somehow. Kind of like Loki. Mm-hmm. In a way, yeah. I think Loki's a good way to put it. But like, and the thing is like every time that the party would fight the big bad evil guy, no, there's always some other new trick up his sleeve that he's trying to do. You know, for like for example, my, we haven't got further enough in my campaign right now in my current campaign but we're, we have currently been harassed by his minions, as we know of. And you know, every time that we try to, we don't know, we don't know the bad guy is yet, but we're, he's still po- poking at us and trying to provoke us. So right, currently we're seeing... This, that's what this feels like, it's just jabs. Yeah, he's, there, he's jabbing and trying, trying to find a weakness. So Enough. I'm... I'm curious. I'm definitely curious how intelligent this is going to get. All right, all, let's continue. It's all, it's, all re, it's all recon. But yes, hey, let's. you need intelligence sometimes <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> making good decisions. Good. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's go to Hopper because, oh man, this this turn <laughs> this this stirs a lot of shit going on. Hopper is a trigger for a lot of the events of this episode. Oh so, yeah. Hopper reserves a phone call between Eleven and Mike. Uh, Eleven saying Mike is 15 minutes late. Uh, Mike tries to stick with Hopper's lie that his grandma is sick. And even though Hopper told him it was a false alarm, which I was like, oh, you got like, even the, the reaction of Mike was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, there goes, they're blowing that. So, red handed in the lie. No, the better part, I don't know if this ever happened to you with landlines. Again, things that the next generation would not know compared to us. <laughs> oh, yes. Is, is uh, parents listen, parents or siblings listening in on your phone conversations? I, I have to say, me and my brother used to play a game. Because, like, you know, you'd always hear kind of like a little click if another phone would kind of tap in within the house. Me and my brother would always play the game. We'd try and listen in on my parents' calls without getting caught. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we'd always have a big game of like one person would kind of like go in the room where my parents were and the other would go pick up the phone and we'd always be able to see each other. And we'd just see how long we could listen until one of them figured out like, wait, <laughs> is somebody else on the line? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've used to do that too. Uh, but like having the mom listen in and it's like, wait, Nana's not dead. Like Nana's not, is not, is, Nana's fine. Did and Nana call L- you? L- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Elle was even more pissed off. I was like, oh my God. And then Mike gets mad at his mom. And it was like such a great scene in that one. I enjoyed that inter- interaction so much. Uh, Hopper is overjoyed, and I thought the very, the very nice of like, oh, don't mess around with Jim. But that was very on on a on point in that situation. Mm-hmm. And go sees Joyce. Hopper lies Joyce that he took his took her advice and handled the situation based on her. 
and convinced her like, oh, it's fixed. We don't worry about it. Let's go out to dinner. Uh, Which, to saying, be fair, like, he, he did start with the intention of following Joyce's instructions until Mike acted like a douche and then Hopper said, fuck it. Doing things yes, my way. <laughs> that is true. Uh, the thing is, like, I, as we mentioned in the last episode, like, there could have been much better ways that Hopper could have, like, like, there, there's a line you can draw of, like, don't be a shithead. No, let's actually talk seriously. But, but no, I digress. So then Hopper's like, oh, it's not going to be a date. But in Hopper's mind, it definitely is a date. Because later on, he goes get some some real nice clothes from JCPenney's. <laughs> oh, I had I had a real good laugh about that one. Yeah, JCPenney's is cutting edge, LOL. That's how I wrote in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> That, back in those days, that was the place to go. And that's, that was that's why I hated going to the mall. Because whenever I had to go with my parents, we'd always get stuck in fucking Sears and JCPenney's and Macy's for like an hour. And I hated it. Hey, I like Sears. Rip to that store. Like try on clothes that I didn't yes. care to try on. Ugh. And of course, I, I always try the tactic of just agreeing to the first thing they pick out. And yep. then I get, well, what about this? What about this? Like, no, I'm good with this. Let's just go. And then it's, oh, you don't know if you don't try on. Exactly. Like, I, was, I was a weird kid, though. I, I was not for like, it took me a while to actually get my fashion sense. I, I still haven't found it. I'm sorry to get that bug. <laughs> <laughs> my fashion sense is either sweatpants and a hoodie or jeans and a flannel. I, I, I have a smidge. I have, I have enough that I need. But I will always go comfort over everything. I don't know. I like pull. I like, I like collar shirts. I feel like flannels are always nice, but like, no, a, good, a nice polo is always good. You know, having to throw a sweater on top of it. So, Nick, so how you're feeling about this potential popper trying to get with Joyce here? Um, because in the past you vo- you've been very vocal about how much you didn't want this to happen, and every time you said it, I knew I was like, oh, just wait till season three. I mean, the way I feel about it now. I don't know. I still can't say that I'm like. I, I I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah, g- all giddy about it. But I gu- I guess I don't like hate it, hate it at the same time. I just think it's just like, I I think it's con out of convenience more than anything at this point. It's like they've been through so much and like they're the only ones that they can talk to about really what they've been through that they can understand. So it's like, I don't know. I, it, I'm just kind of, it's like, it's there and not there. At didn't the same want time. it to happen because I've seen so many TV shows that once they get this like relationship that seems to be a fan hit, all they do is focus on that relationship and that show yeah. just takes a turn yeah. and then people hate it. And yeah, like, so that if they did that, then yeah, the show probably would have went downhill very quickly. Like and I think it's just better months... if they just stay as friends, honestly. Yeah. Just leave it that way. And like, is six months school, really enough to cool. get over Bob the Great? That was my point. Yeah, I that, think, yeah, I think good point too. Way too I, soon. Yeah. Because Joyce hasn't been in a relationship in a while, meets Bob, falls head over heel for him, and they've been dating for what a good like Solid almost a year um, after the events of the first season. Um, and yeah, like the fact that Bob had such a good connection with Joyce, and as we've seen in the first episode with that flashback scene of her 
telling Hopper, I don't want to go dinner. And then her sitting, eating the leftover lasagna and reminiscing about a show that her and Bob used to love. And I, to me, that was a clear like sign to me. I'm like, Oh, Joyce wants to stay friends at this moment. That's it. It's way too early. Isn't it? It isn't like, Oh, she broke up with Bob. No, Bob fucking died. It mm-hmm. died to save her son. Yeah, they both like, watched it happen too. That's the thing. I'm like, and like, you notice Hopper didn't after, try like, to save Bob. Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I think Bob was Bob was dead when he was dead. Like, I don't think anybody, I anything Hopper could do about it. But like, still, like he, he <sighs> couldn't get a shot. As someone, which he I, actually probably couldn't, but Bob, not Bob. Um, as we've seen so far in this this whole arc of Hopper so far in these first two seasons, Hopper has no actual emotional intelligence. No, not at all. No, and and, and, the, and no. it's blindly showing here, where he wants to go get dinner and not saying not a date, and then trying to go get dinner with. Joyce and I guess trying to make like again you don't you don't dress that nicely for a dinner with friends no and especially with that restaurant too it's like that restaurant is a nicer restaurant with live music and like that was very upscale and yeah. especially even, even even for a small town like theirs so I was like eh, like you're definitely sending mixed signals here Hopper and not the right one yeah, you don't so, set a reservation there if it ain't a date. And are we not going to mention that we that he had his secretary go out shopping for him to get him this Hawaiian shirt? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. He had a very Miami Vice style. Yes, I, I think that's what they were going for. Well, they to the T, great. So Hopper goes to handle the situation in the mayor's office, uh, and then. Joyce, and meanwhile, Joyce knows about a bunch of magnets fall off the fridge. We'll start with Hopper at the mayor's office first. So Hopper is waiting to see the mayor, sees the whole protest going on, walks through it. Uh, notice that a large man in motorcycle gear walking out of that office. Okay. I'm assuming that is relevant later. Yes. Uh, Hopper has an interaction with the mayor and see a bit of an ego standoff between the two. You know, realizes that the mayor... Is walking walking the gray area is probably a crooked politician, which I agree with from what you're you're pointing out here, Tommy. I do think that I don't know. I would say crooked is the right word, but stereotypical. I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you you can see that the mayor is clearly using Hopper for his yeah. own personal gain. Like he basically called him for a favor, say, hey. You know, go take care of them. I need this for re-election. Him and Hopper kind of have that like, well, is this the right thing to do? And the mayor's kind of like, well, if you want your job to continue, you're going to go out there and flash a little badge and send them on their way. So he, he's definitely trying to keep Hopper in his pocket, which obviously we know Hopper doesn't really go for that kind of shit. Another thing, too, is he's trying to put Hopper in his place. It was like, oh, they didn't get a permit for this protest. You know, I have to yep. go to the right channels. I was like, ooh, trying to like trying to undermine his authority and like you're not doing your job and i thought yeah that was very interesting i could definitely see those two buddy heads in the future um then yeah then we get the the 
set, set up where Hopper gets a new shirt from the secretary. And then meanwhile, Joyce, and she's going to the store looking through these textbooks. I guess you got from the library. Mm-hmm. No lie, I have a textbook look just like the one that Joyce is going through. Like literally like, the, like it's not the same, but it looks very similar. Like that, that single colored blue book that's no I, it's I was actually going to ask you when we got to this part because I was like with all the science shit that they're talking about I was like I feel like Connor deals with this stuff but I was like I don't yes. know for sure as someone who works with physics education no this was it was like oh that textbook I literally used when I was studying in college or very similar it was electricity and magnetism textbook I was like, and I gotta say props to I know she's not doing much at work but like props to Joyce trying to figure out what the hell's going on Mm-hmm. And you can definitely see where Will gets it from with the curiosity. And so Joyce gets the bright idea of, wait, why don't I just talk to someone who actually would know more? And then shows up at Mr. Clark's house. The legendary and, Mr. Clark. Oh, man. That was Mr. Clark the is most great. epic I lo- way to introduce his character in this episode. Because <sighs> when I was going through, you no. Know, He's painting. He's painting his minis, and you know it looks like a little Legolas kind of style elf archer. Mm-hmm. And I get through. I'm, I'm hearing the song in the background. The garage opens, and I then it actually goes like, "Oh, the my Bologna part of the song." I was like, "Wait, hold <laughs> on. What? It's just weird, Al." <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, I had to reverse the whole thing. Start the whole scene again. I was like, "Yeah." The first time I watched this episode, I was laughing so hard. I was like, Mr. Clark would be a Weird Al fan. Oh, like, yeah. That was a... <laughs> yeah, Danielle did it. My girlfriend, Danielle, did not even pick up was Weird Al. I was like, yeah, that was a great entrance. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, was, that was my Bologna. And yep. I have not seen the the Weird Al movie yet. That's definitely on the list. I, I've heard it was great. I have not seen it either. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, oh I'm not either. I'm so, I'm so excited to watch that. That's, that's on the list. Uh, so we'll have, we'll have we to tell Mitchell that we need to add that to his podcast. Yes, I think we good like a little Stranger Things one to add, talk about Weird Al because Weird Al is again he is this is when his prime was in the eighties. Um, yep, and he's really started to take off. So that was I don't know about you guys, but I I love Weird Al growing up. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't listen to him all the time, but like I knew like the big hit songs and. I definitely was a fan of those. I had a good, like, there was definitely some songs that I, like, took off from LimeWire that was, like, Weird Al adjacent and, like... LimeWire, yes. LimeWire, you know. Yeah. I use LimeWire. For those you don't know, Aries, Aries too, right. yeah. For those you don't know, LimeWire and Aries is a music stripping service back in That's the right. 2000s. And sometimes you, you would download a song that had, like, a radio edit where it had, like, the weird intro musics. Or the intro radio signifier. Back before oh, the days of Spotify. Or sometimes it wouldn't be a song at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I thought of the Bill Clinton one. <laughs> oh, bring uh, back his memories. Uh, if it was a family guy episode, then the next thing you know, oof. Just, just, just Google that for those who are interested. Um, so he gives a little mini lesson about electromagnetism, and he talks about oh how magnets work. I actually kind of touched on it last episode where Tom was asking about the magnets, 
yep. where if the magnets were electromagnets, if they'd have current going through them, then they would fall. Well, they have current, they would usually stick. And that's what he's showing. That's what's showing Joyce here, where he's taking what's called a rheostat, which uh, changes the voltage going through and the current going through the uh, our wonderful apparatus here through the copper solenoid. And as he you know, drops the current, the magnet falls because it's no longer magnetic. So for those of you, so that is a, I believe it would be a, I think iron could do that. Yeah, just need a metallic. Is that going to be on the test at the end of the season? It will not be. It will not. Be. Okay. Um, should, should we start so, referring to as uh, Doctor Vandermark? Yeah, I, I didn't know. If I, I don't have a PhD. I don't know if I, I should come, be I, like taking notes or not. No, I will get my master's one day, but no. Uh, PhD is too much money and work. So the hypothetical he gives, though, is talking about because Joyce is asking. Well, how can magnets, my magnets, not work if, like, at home and at uh, at Menards, the, the the place she works at, and he talks about like, oh, it has to be a very large interference that we're seeing here, like a, a voltage that's so high. And the first thing when he said that was like, oh, is the thunderstorm going to play an impact in this too? Because thunder is something that has a lot as uh, a quick burst of large amount of voltage at once and that could set things off or you know something of that nature that's something that kind of because we've been seeing a lot of thunderstorm as things go happening again like there was one scene with the billy was like thunderstorm in the background of what he's uh in the area he's in in the upside down so i was like hmm large voltages but we're seeing that it's going to take an enormous amount of power the other thing that popped up that too is maybe the stupid Russian thing that we were building six months ago or a year ago is now in Hawking's as we get to in a little bit. So the, we get back to Hopper as the scenes going on with Mr. Clark and Joyce. Um, also, I do really like the interaction between Joyce and Mr. Clark though. Like it, I felt that it was nice for Joyce to kind of, kind of touch back into what Bob liked. Yep. And I thought that was you no know, I thought it was kind of like you no know, sweet overall. Like I don't I don't think you said Joyce has an interest in Mr. Clark, but I thought it was very I thought it was very sweet overall, like, oh, she does still miss Bob a lot. it's funny you mention that because in the last season after Bob's killed, they mentioned that like how Bob started the A B club and he taught Mr. Mm-hmm. Clark all that he knew. Yeah. So it's kinda of like seeing Bob's, I guess, student maybe or yeah. colleague at some point. Mentor and, and the mentee. Get, <clears throat> yeah. And you definitely see Mr. Clark just has that passion for teaching because like, he's talking to her as if she's a student half mm-hmm. the time, like, he, like he's talking to a kid. I, w- I wouldn't even say that too because the fact that – I don't know if you had any teachers when you, in, in high school that were like that. For me, it was Dr. Chucker where you – no. Know, he would keep when he talks to you he gives you the same respect like he he does he doesn't look down on someone when he when he teaches he teaches as someone who sees as someone who's curious like he even mentions it like oh you know he mentions the uh with the polio vaccine in 53 and us landing the moon on the moon in 68 us as americans that is like 
curiosity brings that. And he loves seeing people being curious about things. And he doesn't care who's bringing the curiosity. That's what loves the boys so much because the fact that they're always wanting to know more. And he always graciously accepts that wanting of knowledge and feels that. And as someone who isn't used, you know, works in education myself, that's something that I love seeing from people who like who really do love teaching what they're doing. So that's why I don't see like, no, I, I he sees Joyce as another inquisitive learner. I yep. wouldn't even see him as a student. So, um, and then meanwhile, Hoppers is stood up. Stewing away. Yeah. He is stewing uh, away. Oh, I, I felt bad for Hopper and we can't blame Joyce. So. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I think Hopper put his expectations up a little too high. And this is the first time he's really been vulnerable since season two when he opened up to 11 in the car. Yeah. Like, this is the only time we've really seen Hopper excited about something. And yeah, he, you can tell he's crushed. Mm hmm. So, went through a lot of bread, you could tell. <laughs> With each piece, it was just, yeah, it was, it was sad. I really fell for him. So, on the way out, he bumps into one of our Russian friends, Grigory. Uh, the Russian hitman from the last episode in the opening scene. And uh, also, so he, he was the man walking out of mayor's office. Correct. So I didn't, I didn't, was there any indication of that from the scene or did we, did we get along to that later on? No, it's just because the, um, I'm trying to think how, because in the first episode of the season, when we have that whole, when their little reactor thing explodes and, He's the one that kills the lead scientist. Yes. And then, so we know his face. And then earlier in the episode when he's walking, we get a, a slight glimpse of what he's wearing. And it's the uh, motorcycle gear. That's the, the giveaway. Okay. So when Hopper bumps into him, you see the same, you know, leather jacket and the helmet. And then you see his face. And you're like, oh, shit, that's the Russian guy from last episode. So why is, why are they meeting with the mayor too? So. Exactly. That poses a good question about that. Um, so. On the other branching point of Hopper's wonderful stirring of shit, <laughs> we are going to the party where I thought it was a very sweet where we get the situation where Elle's mad at Mike and goes seats out Max for help. And really nice bonding moment between Elle and Max with the whole little, I was like, no. Very funny how it's like the, it's the same, the boys are talking, the girls are talking at the same time about each other. <laughs> no. The other comment of two is Lucas and Max breaking up five different times in six yeah, months. Yeah, I was like, what <laughs> the hell? I'm like, come on. Oh, oh my God. What are we doing here? They're, so, they're just but, that couple in high school. It just It's like every other week they're back together. Yeah. Uh, so... Lucas is trying to give Mike some pointers of trying to get back in Elle's good graces. No, he's like, oh, you screwed up, man. You're dumb fucked up. <laughs> and the uh, and then on the flip side, we get Elle, uh, Max telling Elle, like, oh, you know, you got to be cold to him. Like, you know, you don't give him the time of day. Don't answer his phone calls. No, make you make make him want you back. And man, Max is vicious. I love it. Yeah. And then we get a nice little, again, talk about Weird Al and Madonna. From the weird movie no nice material goal gets yep. playing as they're going in whatever stores that they're in getting dressed up 
Uh, it was a nice like mall scene in this one where like you no, know, the girls are trying new outfits on. Elle's n- another part of Elle finding herself as an actual human being. Yep. No, no, learning what she yeah. likes. That was a very cute little montage there. And meanwhile, Mike, Lucas, and Will are searching the mall for the apology gift. And like they go see the trinket at the um, what was the jewelry store place again? I feel it's, it was a I, I didn't even get a chance to look at the store name. It, I don't think it was a well known name, at least not. To no, my it, was. it was. It was. It was like it was like K's Jewelry or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I even, like I, I, I saw the, I saw the name of the jewelry jewelry store um, employees shirt. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a popular jewelry store. But it was like, oh, the three hundred dollar little teddy bear trinket. Oh, and jewelry, man, oh, it's so expensive sometimes. But it is worth it when it comes. Sometimes out. it's always expensive. If sometimes you want the good, get... if you want the good hey. stuff, it's expensive. Eh, you can you can find you can find deals when you need to. Hey, you can buy rubies online for dirt cheap. So how do you know? Oh, because someone's been meddling around the black market. Mm. Mm. It's more so the fact that. Lagrone uh, jewelry is much cheaper, and the way that it's created is a lot more efficient than not using actual, you know, people mining and them dying. So, but yeah, it's like I was, it was like on a Reddit post one day. I was like, oh, like, this is really cheap. If you just you know there's different sites that do them, and I looked online, like, oh, you can buy a bag of rubies of like, no, they're smaller, like something you put like a setting in for a ring or a necklace. You mm-hmm. buy like, a bag of them for like. 20 bucks. It's like, oh, I got a bag of rubies. <laughs> I don't have that, but you can do that. Don't um, lie. We know there's somewhere behind you. There's some drawer with just a whole drawer full of just random jewelry. No, there's not. I could, do, I feel could like 3D print them has like have in settings in them. Pretty yeah. interesting. You should. That'd be pretty cool. So, uh, as they're going through, uh, and I feel bad for Will too being the third wheel for those two. Because Will wants to play D. Consistently, the third wheel. Oh, I feel so bad. And uh, I, I like the comment with Steve, who's like confused, like why L is like you're not even supposed to be here, right? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Steve tries to care, but he's just like, I, I don't have the time to focus on this. Yeah, this uh, is completely and, fair. And then, and it is funny too how they're playing it, where like they're always like. Uh, two ships in the night where it's like they're always passing each other not knowing and then yep. you get a final scene where the boys are outside the girls walk outside they see each other and Elle's just pissed and dumps his ass and board the bus and they gig- and they both giggle and eat their ice cream and sayonara which good for Elle not deal with that shit yep She's but also finally, finally a little free also, a little hop but I want to say free though but like Hopper is the reason why this all happening was for real yeah but it's also i mean i again i'm not a girl but i would say freedom in terms of like femininity because she's always been under the thumb of a dominant male figure from you know the doctors at the lab to hopper who basically kept her trapped in a cabin for like two years now at this point mm-hmm. and now she's not necessarily under mike's thumb but mike's definitely possessive over her to a set to a certain degree so it's like now he probably has that like little bit of a freedom moment where it's like I now have a friend that's a girl that can teach me things and show me the ways. And she definitely th- cuts loose. I think a good way to put it 
is because I wouldn't say Mike is possess. Mike is possessive and in some sort. But the thing is, like, Elle does look forward to seeing Mike. It's like, oh, you're yeah. late. 50, you're 15 minutes late. Where the hell are mm-hmm. you? I think more it's a codependency between them both. Yeah, that, where, that's a better way to put it. Because Elle, Elle does love Mike, but Mike is really all she knows when it comes to feelings. And like, on with the other side of the coin is her not getting out. You know, she never really experienced society yet. And yep. with those two things, we're like, I, I think her bridging this friendship with Max is very good for her. And I really enjoyed how the directors kind of played that out because it's another way for her to actually, you know, find out who she is. Yeah. So, and then let's get to the, <laughs> I like how you put this in the show, like the real power tree of the show where Steve is so, so happy to see Dustin. And Robin's little well, comment it's of like that first, that first comment, like you just see Dustin like with Robin, like, hey, I'm Dustin. He's like, Yeah, that's nice. And he's like, Where is he? And just <laughs> he comes out like Henderson. Just like that whole interaction was just perfect. Very much big brother. They have the secret handshake that they do. Yes. Like like Robin's like another child that you're friends with. I was like, oh just stab it a little oh. more. That was a perfect uh, comment because even he was a little taken back by it. He's like, ah, yeah. So, <laughs> but again, so Steve it, takes- what I keep saying, Steve has fully embraced the fact that he's not necessarily a loser, but a loser in a sense. And that these kids are basically his main friend group at this point. But like, there's nothing like as someone who, as someone who's like coached, like kids like when I was actually when I was in high school like you could have kids who definitely become like more buddy buddy than you than other kids are no because like in a way like it's kind of a situation where Dustin does see Steve as a role model and but Steve also sees Dustin as someone who does not give a shit and just yeah. wants to have fun and I think Steve is definitely enjoying that fact of I have someone who I can kind of bond with who's outside my usual scope of people yep. and I enjoy being with him. And, and they don't little... really judge each other because you have that whole scene where they're sitting down and Dustin's eating all the free ice cream that Steve got him. And he's just telling him all about Susie and like yeah. the one comment of like how Susie likes the fact that he doesn't have teeth because kissing is better. Kissing. <laughs> and Steve just yeah. like yeah. He gives him a look. Like, what? Like, like, reaction okay, like, that. He's just like, like, yeah, great. Like, whatever I'm, works I'm happy for you. Yeah, great. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so, so Dustin breaks down to Steve. I love the little like trying to silently whisper to him that like, oh, there's a there's a Russian, uh, there's, there's a Russian communication he intercepted, and. Like there's like, then he like after the third try like they kind of like, bust out yelling, yep. And every kind of gives him a look. <laughs> I, then... I really wish I really wish in this scene that they would have like had a, like one of those weird shots like where they looked all the way across the mall and there's some dude just like perked his head up like oh shit and packed up a laptop and walked away. <laughs> like... <laughs> that that would have made it a lot of sense, honestly. Right. I don't give yeah. things away too early though. No, but so, it would have been, like, been like one of those like off-screen things where like Dustin and Steve don't see him, but 
but we as the background some random like russian looking dude just kind of gets up it's like oh and just walks away that would have been a great scene so then they're they're in the back of the wonderful ice cream place and they'll see on his break and they're trying to figure out this this uh russian language and then of course at the time we have lucas's little sister trying out all the ice cream Mm -hmm. Raman's like, oh, I'm done with this shit. Like, what the fuck is Steve? <laughs> like, I, like, he needs to do some work. Heads in the back, kind of, you know, rings out Steve. Like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And, like, they're talking about the Russian code. And, uh, well, she's like, it's like, oh, we're doing something very top secret. It's like, oh, you're rushing the Russian transmission. You guys, and like, how'd you know about them? Like, you're so damn loud. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I can just, I wish they had shown that too, because, like, She's basically been sitting up there dealing with all these annoying kids, but in the meanwhile, she's probably listening in the back of her head, just like just Steve and Dustin just talking about Russian shit for the whole time. She's like, What is going on back there? Like very much I now see Robin as like the big sister too. Of like the like the I can see them all being a family and just being like the shit talking to each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I like I was like, yeah, like doing doing the um the pig Latin. Because that was something yeah. my sister used to do is pig Latin. And once she brought that out, I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, it's like, you know Russian? I'm like, no. Like, you guys even know what the hell I'm talking about. Like, you can't mm-hmm. recognize Russian in the first place. And, you know, gives, gives them some kind of quick schooling. Like, yeah, you don't have to freaking write letters up. Like, you don't know shit. So. I also love how she was so pissed off at Dustin for racing her Steve Stucks board. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm doing valor research here. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, and yeah, so she convinces them like, "Hey, I'm bored of shit. Let me in on this." Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, "All right, convince you." And then like, they get all excited, like, oh, "We got a sentence!" Woo! And Steve's like, "Cool, we got one sentence." Like, I guess. And, it, and then it's, they... it's just the week is long, and it's like, there's no context. You're just like, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah. Um. So. And the other comment too is the only thing that Steve picks up on is the music in the background. It's like, huh, I know mm-hmm. that sounds familiar to me. And then once they close, the whole mall is closed. They're the last store that's that people there in the mall. They close up. They're talking. They they they, they decipher the. They translated the message they received, which was the um, the wonderful. I don't. I don't think we can still have it up here. I have it on the last episode. I didn't put it on this one. Yeah. So to decipher the message, they, they translate the message. No, I love how Robin's like, it's like, yeah, I don't really agree with little brats, but like he's, he's onto something here. I think this is a code too. And the, uh, I thought it was a really, I thought it was really sweet. Like Robin's like, all right, this kid's pretty cool. Like I, I'm with, like, I see where this is going. And then Steve stops right at the one, um, the Indiana flyer, Indiana flyer, the little horsey ride thing. And he's like, give me a quarter. I'm like, the other two are like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then Steve has the bright moment of like, oh shit, this is in Hawking's because this is the same damn song and they don't make this kind of shit in Russia. And it's like, he's, they, I think they're here. And that was well, kind of the big Hawkins, but at the mall itself, because I don't yeah. think there's any other places where that horse is in that town. Exactly. And 
or at least in America, like at least in America, but like they're they're suspecting, oh, the Russians are here, which we, as we as the viewer, we know. Yeah. Um. And yeah, this is a it kind of realization is like, oh, we could be American heroes. Like they're they're <laughs> real on the case now, which is like fun. And then on the flip side of this whole thing going on is we have Nancy and Drew. Where or, or the Nancy Nancy Drew? That's Nancy Andrew. Nancy Drew. I, I saw your little tagline. Nancy Drew Nancy goes on the sure. case because that's Nancy what they accuse her of being. In yes, this episode is Nancy Drew. So Nancy and Jonathan uh, go skip work. Go find out the lead that with the the pestilent rats. Um, and Mrs. Driscoll, such a sweet old woman, like <laughs> with the fresh squeezed lemonade. Oh, like that's your typical go-to grandma right there. Wonderful. Like I could see her making us cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, she you no know, surprised how young they are. As they're kind of poking around, they uh they talk about like, oh, the fertilizer being eaten by the rats. Yep. And she's like, he's like, I'm not seeing I bought the I bought the shit on Tuesday and the rats ate right through it. And then they're like, huh, that's weird. Um, so I completely believe it's like, and then she's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like I caught one. And it was like, what? And she was so <laughs> proud of it too. She's like, I caught one of the little bastards. Guess what? I don't blame her. I'd be proud too. Absolutely. I was surprised and when she said that. That rat was going nuts in that cage. Like full on body checking against the walls. And no, Jonathan's trying to take a picture of this damn thing. Like the fact he didn't take a picture of it when he stopped was kind of annoying. I was like, oh, it like, the, the, the non-reaction of, oh, stop moving. I should take a picture now while I can see like this whole thing being gross. Yeah. And then turns out that the – as Nancy is going through the phone book, she gets a lead. And it looks like it was like a fertilizing company, like a landscaping company kind of situation, if I remember correctly. And she got a lead thinking, oh – their fertilizer possibly also be eaten or have some situation of rats. So she's calling around and, and the good old yellow pages. No, before the times of the internet, it's yeah. very much like a, like a nostalgic kind of episode. Um, oh yeah. And, and then as they leave, oh, did Nick want to say something? No, no, I was just saying it was, it, it definitely yeah. felt nostalgic with everything, but like you said, with yellow pages and then like the landline, like we were saying before, like, Definitely yeah. a lot of things that, like, we remember. We were still, you know, there, you know, for that. But definitely the kids of today, like, yeah, they have no idea. <laughs> yeah. And then we see the rat wonderfully explodes. Or mm-hmm. explodes them in the right word, honestly. It's just more like a... I think explodes worse because it I really... Think, uh, I think implode, maybe? Looked you know, like it was from within. No, I think it's exploded because it, it splatters around. It's not a big explosion, but it's a little mini explosion where it just kind yeah. of bursts open. It's it's like a it's kind of like a um kind of like a firecracker in a way, just kind of like a small like pop. Yeah. But like the thing is, like I don't want to use explode too much because like to me, explode like oh it's, it splatters all over the place. It just, it's like it's very contained. It just like it's, it's rat it's rat popcorn. Yes, wrap popcorn. That's a good way to put it. Wrap <laughs> <The red> popcorn. <laughs> okay. Honestly, that's honestly a decent description because it kind of just turns inside out and then yeah. 
we have the gooiness, and then we see the goo start fucking moving. I'm like, oh, and you no know, walks like around, and like it kind of it kind of coalesced into an actual entity of like a corpse rat. Yeah, and then scurries off because it did, did it look like it, ten, it eventually had legs, and scurry off somewhere. I'm like, okay, and and as we know, as we going full circle, we found the monster Billy, and that thing had things that were like moving out from like up its limbs. Yep, by itself. So like, it is I, I a... believe we we're supposed to be under the impression that the little rat monster from Driscoll's house went and became a part of this. Yeah, like that's what I assume. That's what I assume too. Yeah, it's it's joining the. We talked about hive mind in last season. It is literally joining the conglomerate of, yep. humans. Um, yeah, fun episode though. I, we, we, talked for, we, talked, we talked for now, a while on this one, but I, I this was one honestly. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm saying right now, this will be a high score for me. Okay, now I have one final question. So. Oh Rewinding slightly back to the Russian code. Yes. So the message is the week is long. The silver cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the West. A trip to China sounds nice if you tread lightly. Now that we know a little bit more, slightly more context as to what's going on, does your thought process change as to what that code means? Because I know last episode you mentioned the potential of them drilling a hole from China to the United States. Honestly, I'm still in my theory because if I, because I, well, not China, but like there, you're using the idiom of China, like no, <laughs> digging a hole through to China. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with that theory though, because the fact okay. that we have the laser is a blue color. The mm-hmm. gate is more of an orange color. So like that kind of makes sense to blue, the blue to orange. No, the whole China comment, maybe don't try and make a transition from one to the other. Um, and then the cat, the silver cat, I do not know. Maybe that's referring to the actual beam, like the device. So obviously the gate's back open. Nick, I don't think you were on that episode when we talked about it, but I asked Connor, you know, what, what do you think this code means? Because last season we had that code with Eleven's mom that we tried to figure out what it meant. Do you have any thoughts as to what this code means? Uh... I don't have yeah, any, any direct wild thoughts. I don't have any direct thoughts as to like, oh, I think it like absolutely means this. But I think if I were to, um, I don't know, like take the first uh, letter of each word and maybe like write them out and like you know, kind of like unscramble or like do one of those like acronym things. I feel like. You, so you think it's a code find. within a code? I think it's a code within a code. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I will continue to ask this every episode because we do get a little bit more, and we do find out the exact meaning of the code. So oh, I, I'm that's looking it up keep, right now. No, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep asking you guys until we find out, so you can see yeah. how close or far away you were from the right answer. Okay. See, I don't. I don't think it'll be. I will cut back on uh, Nick's comment because of the fact that. If they would do a code like that, then the scrambling of letters would be in the Russian alphabet, not the American alphabet. If that were the case, that would be a good solution because that would mean that Dustin, Steve, and Robin have a complete wrong message. 
No, 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 I, no I'm what I'm saying like the the message wouldn't mean nothing in that case. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, well, they're, they're looking in the wrong place, is what I meant to say. Um. Yeah, but like I honestly, how the show's working, I highly doubt that. So. Same. Anything else? No, I, I think that kind of covered it. We talked about. The only two questions I have really, you know, what's going on with the Russians and what kind of monster are we dealing with this season? We kind of already touched on that. So I was I was going through my wonderful books of D&D worlds. And so I was kind of thinking what this could be. Because, no, I guess I I can't put my finger on it yet. Um, I have an idea. So, the first thing I thought of was like more like a there is a entity in D and D called a gelatinous cube, which I know it's definitely not. But I was thinking like more of like an oozy like kind of monster thing. I, I really couldn't pinpoint something. And then I mean, it could be inspired from a different monster. Yeah, but I'm kind of curious. The kids are gonna call it. Um, and but there is something that I did find that was kind of interesting, which I don't think it is. But it kind of fits the idea of like, oh, it's called a Jubilex, which is a demon lord of oozes, which is like a shapeless kind of thing. Um, hmm. And it can like, it's a very, a very intelligent creature um, that kind of controls like oozes that's around it. And like it's, it's, its main objective is to make all living things disintegrate. So I'm like, oh, I was like, uh, and that, the reason I bumped into them is because like it is like the like it, like it is the demon of oozes, I guess you can say. But okay. I don't I don't think this thing's an ooze though. That's the thing. I, I think it might be something like something else entirely. Yeah, I mean but, it's a it's a oozy type monster, but it definitely doesn't leave a trail of ooze. That's a, like I don't think it kind of fits that. Thing yeah. Yet. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious where they're gonna go with it. So okay. I was so it's, it's kind of things that have been like bouncing around my mind currently. Um, but I was like, oh, little little, little weird, you no know, D and D hold when it went down on that one. Um. So yeah, uh, ratings. Nick, let's go first. Hmm. I think oh, before, uh... before before we, before we start, what's your rating oh. from last episode? Oh, the first one, um, the first one, I think I would give, yeah, I meant to, I meant to text you guys, uh, I think I would give a 8.6. Wow. Same as me on that one. Oh. Hmm. Very nice. All right. And then episode two. Um, on this one, I would say just... Point two more, so eight point eight. Eight point eight. Um, I was really high in this episode. I loved every single bit of it. Like, honestly, I think this might have been for non-season finales my favorite episode. Like, or season finale lead up. Like, I'm giving a nine point three. I loved it. There's a lot of fun things in it. Uh, the whole L finding herself and like making it fun with Max, like. The boy, the intersection, of the boys, and them like always crossing paths in the mall. The boys trying to figure out what's going on. No, I guess the only downside I've seen in this episode is maybe Hopper. 
but like that's his, that's his character developing as well. But like otherwise, yep. I thought it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Connor. I'm going to give it a nine point one. It's the start of season. I mean, the whole of season three oh, is oh, still oh. one of my favorite seasons. But this was definitely it was a fun episode. It was a lot of comedy throw in there. There's some dark little obviously moments with the whole Billy storyline, but it sets up enough to keep you interested. And there's no really, there's no lull in the episode. It doesn't slow down at all. It's just constantly going, which I liked. And yeah, so 9.1. And of course the uh, Dustin, Steve, Robin trio is kind of what saves it for me. That's my favorite part of this episode. Also soundtrack again, slaps. Yes. Oh, so good. It, like compared to the first two seasons, I have enjoyed that. So, like the first two seasons my, compared to this it. one so far, like the first episode is out of park every single time with music. I'm like, ooh, love it. Like, oh, and like I love. I, I grew up with that music too with my father. So like that's something that we're like hearing. Weird Al, not so much, but like, <laughs> no, the, hearing hearing Foreigner and you no, know, I'm eventually. I'm assuming Boston's going to come up one of these days and all that stuff. And so me. Uh, I think so. I don't I remember. Mean, I'd, be, I'd, be shocked and, that. I'd be shocked that more than the feeling was not going to be played in effort in Stranger Because <laughs> that's a oh, sweet yeah. song. I, I might have to do a deep dive this weekend just to see what 80 songs we get through the rest of the I, 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 That's something I definitely want to do. Like a, I would like to do maybe an episode as like a special episode of like a deep dive on the soundtracks of the music I, of the 80s. I'm all for that. I know me and Mitchell did a little special episode with the movies that inspired season one, but we can definitely do a music themed episode for the show. I'm I'm all for that. Because we get a lot of references of it too. Like we've seen in Billy's bedroom, the Metallica, uh, the Metallica poster we have in the first season with the significance of. uh, All I can uh, say is season, season four you will be jumping off the walls with the music choices they have for that season. I know you've already seen little bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. the soundtrack for season four is it's peak. It's, it's phenomenal. Okay. I, I will be looking forward to that. So I, I, I love music and I've been enjoying all the music toys choices so far. So anything else, gentlemen, before we close out, it's been a little bit longer uh, than this one. We need, even though Mitchell's not with us, I think we should do our Mitchell ratings just to have them oh, in the books. Right. Um, we can do that right now. That's fine with that. Um, we can, we can ask him when he gets on for the next episode. Yeah. So I will give hit from him. I'm going to go to eight point seven two. I think he's going to really like this episode as well. He's not gone over nine yet. He's gone over nine once. Now it's the season finale of season one. But eight point seven two for me, Nick. What do you think is going to next? Uh, Mitchell's going to give. Uh, eight point one two. One two. Um, to be fair, he gave the last episode an eight point four seven. Yeah. I I was. I'm thinking these are close to him, so I think it's going to be close to season one. So I'm going to say probably eight point five nine, kind of right in the middle there. Okay. I'm going high on this one. I think I think I think Mitchell's going to really like this episode. It's it's hard to read what Mitchell will like and not like sometimes. Usually <laughs> usually for him I tend to try to shoot lower than what I think it is. 
if I have a gut feeling that he's going to love this. I like I could I could definitely see this one getting close to nine for him. I I thought it was great. So anyway, um, follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram. And without further ado, thank you for listening to this long hour twenty episode on this one. And <laughs> we'll be back for next week for the next episode, chapter three. Have a good one.